I had something I was going to lead off with, but now I can't remember. That happens when you get old. <laughs> it does. More and more. <laughs> more and more. Uh, so it's, uh, it's Tuesday. It was a little slurry, wasn't it? It's Tuesday. <laughs> you have a little, little bit That's of right. schnapps in your coffee. That's right. I, I, gotta, I gotta quit having Baileys in my coffee. There. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a little dabble, do you? <laughs> wow, I did. I sounded like, hi, I'm Drunky McJeffrey, and this is, yeah. Um, it's Tuesday. It's, uh, it's on taking pictures. We're talking about uh, photography and creativity, and we're here each and every week. And uh, it's episode 145, for those of you keeping track, 145. Um, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris from Fade and Blurred. And with me, uh, the, uh, the, the fancy yet snowed out Bill Wadman. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a mess. Tired of shoveling. I will tell you, though, that I'd prefer a winter that has snow storms like this versus just a cold winter that just is gray and goes on and on and on. You know I would I mean? imagine that's true. At least there's yeah. some change and some excitement. It's like, oh, look at the pretty snow, you know. Right, right. But, uh, Instead but of yeah. like Seattle or something where it's just kind of gray all the yeah, time. Yeah, where it's just gray and miserable for six months. You know, that's right. no good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Hey, so you, you have this survey that we, we put up last week. Yes. Do, do uh, we and, get a lot of results or what? There, there are a number of results. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I need more though. So if you have not done the OTP listener survey, uh, please do so. It takes about two minutes. It's 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 non you know non obtrusive. It's, it's very it's, very short. It doesn't it doesn't hurt at all. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes it's for those done, of you who are not already. part of the uh, the Google Plus group. Um, but yeah, it, surprising. Some some uh, some of the stats are surprising. Some not so surprising. Um, I will share some at a later date. Not okay. yet though. Okay. Not yet. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really good. So thank you, those of you who have have responded. And again, it only takes a couple minutes, and we'll put a link in the show notes. It's a it's one of these Google uh, forms. You know, it, it's fascinating. Pretty cool, ten, Google forms. Yeah, ten years ago, <laughs> it would have cost you a boatload of money to generate a survey and get it out to people, and then and then parse all the data into something you know, visual, yeah. but, uh, it's all done behind the scenes in Google forms. They do these lovely, uh, uh, pie charts and bar charts and, and they, they, you know, aggregate all the data and it's, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I got an email, <clears throat> I think it was yesterday from some really high end marketing firm asking if I'd do a survey about photographers and they'd pay me 150 bucks to do it. And did you do it? No. <laughs> well, because apparently I looked, I looked up online. Because you don't and like assignments. No, no, no. They're 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 a legit thing, but they you know they want your social security number and all kinds oh, of stuff like that. And yeah, it's like, don't give them that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going there. I don't want hey, fifty uh, bucks that bad. Not for nothing, but I think I think yeah, I think I'm going to try and relaunch Faded and Blurred this week. Okay, I think if not this week, then next week. But okay. I think this week I'm trying to work out some audio things because I'm doing. Should this I or thing. should I not hold my breath right now? I wouldn't just yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'm doing this thing called audio log. So basically I'm doing audio versions of every post that goes up. Oh, every new post. I'm From not here going forward. Back. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say yeah, yeah. that would take no, you a no, while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, and you'll be able to subscribe to it. So if you want to listen to it, they're, you know, anywhere from four to seven minute little chunks. 
Uh, and if you want to look at the, the article notes, you can go look at that. If you want to look at the, the images, you can look at that. But if you just want to listen, for those people who like consuming media on their phones or tablets, uh, it's a new way for you to do it. So it'll be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that sounds exciting. Anyway. I, I, I like uh, you, you read your stuff well, so that's good. Thank you. Uh, and, and uh, you know, good stuff. So uh, recorded the, the third episode of, of Craft and Vision. Good. Uh, yeah, going well. People are liking that. So thank you, those of you who are listening to that. Um, next one is uh, David Dushman. So the man himself. Ah, the classic. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's between, between trips. He's, he's just got back from, I think, somewhere like in the Arctic. And then he's, he's going to Kenya. So caught him between journeys. Seems like the kind of guy it would be fun to do an interview with, with him like in flight. I, you know? I think that would be really cool. I'm here on the helicopter. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll be up for that. Like a little check-in. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd or be I'm, cute. I'm, in, I'm on the ground in Kenya. Or we're in a, we're, I'm, on, I'm on a sat phone, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in the Land Rover from one place to another. Yeah, yeah. he's all over the place. Anyway. Yeah, we should, we should do that. Uh, we have a lot of news to cover. So uh, Yeah, there's been a lot going on that's, that's relevant to not just photography, but 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 rights around creativity and uh, uh, software and all kinds of interesting stuff. So all right, what so do you got for him? Number one, uh, did you read this article about this photographer who's suing Nike says that the 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 logo of Michael Jordan jumping the jump man the so called jump man logo right. uh, is is taken from his photograph. H- have you seen Have you seen this? I did. Now, okay, but I, personally, he I did sue, and wasn't he already awarded money? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Let me uh, let me see. I will tell you though that uh, you know um, the, he okay. This guy says it's his photo, but Nike says they had another photo of him that they took it from. And I will say that the picture that Nike says it, they took it from is much closer than the one that this guy says is the picture. You know yes. I mean? So it's a little bit of like, he's Michael Jordan. He jumps the same way every time. There's 10,000 pictures of him jumping like that, you know? Yeah, this is an interesting, interesting case. I don't know enough about, you know, copyright law, obviously, because I actually I know nothing about copyright law, really, other than what I read right. online. Uh, but it, it does seem that that there are a number of games where he does this sort of legs akimbo, one arm up in the air, you know, that's kind of his thing. Right. right. Yeah. And, and so it's like, okay, so he took it from that picture of it or this picture of it. How is, how are those different? You know what I mean? Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm kind of siding with Nike on this one. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, then, then again, let's, let's go back a few weeks to, to, uh, you know, the, the Peter Lick photo, uh, in the Canyon, the slot Canyon. Yep. 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 There are, hundreds of pictures that look remarkably similar so yeah i don't know this is very strange where where does that line well the funny thing is is that the go ahead you were going to february 19 just from the article here in february 1985 nike reshot the jordan jump photo uh looking at the two side by side it certainly looks like nike's version could be based on the original by rentmeester uh, he seemed to think so and sued Nike. In the end, he was awarded $15,000 and Nike was given a two-year license to continue using their reshot Jordan. Okay. That image, of course, became the basis for the modern Jordan Jumpman logo we've all come to know. Okay. 
So they, so they, 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 he, they, they, he's saying basically Nike it supposedly reshot his photo. Well, yeah, the, the article is, is asking the question, is 30 years too long for him to make a legitimate claim? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, you know, he, this is what there, you know, there's a lot of things like this that are like, look, Nike isn't for want of money. Nike could pay him hundred thousand dollars if they really wanted to. Right. Um, and, and Nike's going to do everything they can not to pay that. But at the same time, it's like, I look at the original picture and then I look at the Jumpman thing and it's like, well, maybe, you know, they liked the look of the fact that he shot Jordan from that way, jumping that way. But I, I don't, you know, if they go and take something that's similar, but not the same, he can have a suit. Like that just seems a little strange to me, you know? Uh, I mean, look, there's, this stuff's really complicated, and I'm sure P. Preston's going to yell at us. But uh, He's going to yell at you because I don't have an opinion on it. I don't know enough to <laughs> offer an opinion. So, Preston, don't yell at me. Yell at Bill. Well, okay. Well, here, let me take this. It does this. seem strange, though, that, that, it, that, it ha- that it has taken from 1987 to 2015 to file a suit. Maybe the guy is, uh, uh, needs some money right now. You know? Like, the, yeah. well, okay, well, hold on a second. This is related to the next one, which is uh, one of our listeners, Merrick, sent in, and it's from the Telegraph over in the UK. Some girl was on a trip to uh, to uh, uh, Antarctica, right? Okay. T- took, took a picture uh, of, of this, um, what are they called? Iceberg. Iceberg, right? right. And years later, entered it into a competition, and it won. Another photographer, a Chilean reporter and amateur photographer, Marisol Ortiz, uh, was adamant that she actually took the photo that this girl entered in the competition, that that the first girl stole her picture, that Sarah Shore stole her picture. What it turned out was they were standing right next to each other on the ship and took the same picture. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can see they're a little different. One's got another little teeny piece of an iceberg in the left foreground and one does not. And if you and if you look at the sky, the sky is like a little bit different or off from each other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, like the clouds could, moved another ten seconds. Processing though too. Yeah, it, it could the, be the one well, cloud is down the bottom. They actually overlap the two in, a, in an animated GIF. See what I did there? I do see what you did there. Do you do GIF or GIF? I always GIF. see. It's always been GIF to me. Like growing up, until somebody yelled at me and said, "The guy says he wants it to be GIF," which yeah, reminds who, me of uh, peanut butter. Gary Yost said he was there and he said, it's GIF. Yeah. Well, you know what? I call it GIF. What's he going to do to me? This guy. Well, he's not, maybe he's going to sue you for not saying his word the right way. I don't know. Gary, Gary Yost is going to tell him the guy's going to take me out. No, Gary's, Gary's above that. Gary's too cool for that. Um, Gary doesn't get involved in that kind of mundane business. Anyway, they're obviously a different picture, right? You know, they're two different different files. Yeah. if, If you look at the overlap. Yeah. Right, so there are two different files of exactly the same thing in front of them, but the second girl doesn't have claim to the first girl's prize, so why should somebody else taking a similar picture of Michael Jordan is is the argument that it was def, most definitely based upon the first guy's picture? Like, uh, you know, unless they said somewhere, Nike, you know, they probably paid him $15,000 to go away. They licensed the image for two years, according to the article. And again, look, I, I don't know enough about this, but it does seem strange to, to bring this up 30 years later. Yes, I agree. Yeah. 
It's just very, very odd. Anyway, so put that out there. What do you guys think? It's This one's kind of crazy to me. Uh, speaking of another uh, nuts one, the New York Times... Uh, Why asked, is it? See, okay. All right, go ahead. No, go ahead. The go New York ahead. Times asked listeners, I guess through Twitter, oh, in a published article, they asked people to put up Instagram photos of the snowstorm and tag them with hashtag NYT snow, as in New York Times snow, yep. right? Yep. And... We are continuously featuring a selection of photos on our website this week, the paper wrote. Okay, so two days later, nine of those tagged images were used on the front page of the New York Times, like in a a three-by-three grid. Right. And there's some – just to be clear, there are some terrific photos in that grid. Oh, yeah. They're nice. They're they're very nice photos. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's the question? So the question – apparently, the newspaper didn't inform the photographers of the usage, and at least one of the shooters – uh, only found out when somebody mentioned it to her and said, hey, isn't that your photo up on there? Mm-hmm. So the question is, is New York Times allowed? It, were, were were they giving the New York Times permission just by hashtagging it New York Times snow? Uh, I don't know, but but wouldn't this fall under fair use? Um, on, the, on the part of the New York Times, wouldn't this fall under fair use? Yeah, there, I it's, wonder. It's it's commentary. It's news. It's it's that is a that is a reasonable question. Yeah, I mean, if you, oh, let me ask you a question: If this happened to you and your picture was chosen and put up there without your permission, how would you feel about it? I would probably buy ten copies of the New York Times and give it to people that I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is that gray area that occurs with all of this. Uh, social media photo sharing kind of stuff. These are these gray areas that occur where it's like, well, you were telling the New York times about this picture because you wanted them. They told you they were going to feature it on a website. Is it really different that they stuck it on the the front page of the newspaper? Again, I don't, I don't know enough about copyright law. It's such a murky yeah. area that that seems to be able to be argued you know, one way or the other. Um, but it would, it, it, from what I have been reading about a fair use, it seems that it would fall under that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, well, I, I why would, would be, that be I mean, different than, I mean, th- th- why is that fair use? And if somebody's, you know, writing an article about Seth Godin and they grab my picture of Seth Godin and put it up there and say it's fair use. I, I think it is. You think it is? You think the New York Times should be able to take my picture and publish it without if paying it's me? A, well, if if it if it meets the criteria of the fair use law, yeah. then yes. Interesting. I don't know. We are gonna. This is gonna be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We got to. We. I think we need to do a little more research on this one. I just thought it was an interesting. Uh, okay. In the United States copyright law, fair use is a doctrine that permits limited use of copyrighted material without acquiring permission from rights holders. Examples of fair use include commentary, search engines, criticism, parody, news reporting, research, teaching, library archiving, and scholarship. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then why do magazines and New York Times ever pay for pictures? Again, you're asking the wrong person. I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah, reading yeah. you what I know. Maybe a magazine. I think if they're is, commenting on my picture, say they're allowed to use it. Like if they're using it as a. Okay, so know, if they're you, if co- if your if your photograph is the basis of the commentary or criticism, yeah, that's one thing. But just using it to write an article about Seth Godin, right? Wouldn't be. Wouldn't be. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Yeah. So I don't know. We'll have to figure this out. But I just thought it's crazy, though, that, that people just putting a hashtag on a thing suddenly gets published on the front page of New York Times, you know? I, see, I think it's kind of awesome. I it mean, is neat. It's it's I, it's certainly it's it, well that you know Queen's it library photo the red one that that's terrific. Well, you know what it is when you get um when you get x amount of people there are probably a million people or half a million people on Instagram in New York City or something like that right and you're basically saying you know this big giant storm is coming we can't cover it from all angles right you know let's let's crowdsource images of the city during the snowstorm you know. It's pretty cool. I just think that maybe they could have been a little bit more uh, forthright about it, or at least, you know, I don't know how a little you more can, transparent, maybe. Yeah. Contact the people on Instagram and say, hey, your picture's been selected to be used, you know, before they go and put it I up will on tell the you, thing. I've, I've been spending a lot more time on Instagram lately in terms of, of looking at work and damn, there's some nice work up there. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a lot of really good Instagram photographers. I mean, uh, really, re- not and not just like the big people that are using it as another vehicle, but people that I've never heard of, and not that I've heard of that many people anyway. But there's just some really strong work up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Adobe is suing Forever Twenty One because apparently they're stealing Photoshop. Uh, I saw that. Well, not just Photoshop. Uh, oh, are they choosing more than Photoshop? Uh, oh, yeah, Acrobat, uh, sixty-three instances of. Photoshop, Acrobat, Illustrator, uh, Autodesk, and Corel also joined uh, Adobe. Yeah. How did, how, now, how did this work back in the day when you had a real job? Did they did they have <laughs> licenses for all the software at uni? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Right. There, but see, that was it was different because there there was something called enterprise licensing, and I don't think yeah. enterprise licensing exists anymore, or maybe it does. But where I'm not you sure could buy that. a site license or whatever, right? It was a site license, so you know you'd buy a site license for X software, and that would include a hundred seats, yeah, up to hundred seats or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they still do um, enterprise or, or site licensing. Yeah, I think I mean, that you know, I think that there is metadata in files like if let's say i was using a cracked version of photoshop right and i send a psd to joe schmo i think joe schmo can if he has the right tools or if adobe wants to they can see the serial number and stuff that was used the photoshop that was used to make that and know whether or not it's legit or not oh okay okay so it's 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 sort of embedded in kind the of files. embedded in the thing yeah okay that because makes i sense. remember because remember there was because the, there's um uh, uh educational versions of all the adobe yep. stuff yep and and technically according to the eula you can't you're not allowed to use educational versions of adobe software for commercial use right but of course people do or they went to school and now they got out and they're still using the same version or whatever it is like technically they're supposed to go buy the real version um but I think so. I think that there's some mechanism by which they can actually see whether it's legit or not. And the same thing I think is was at least used to be true of Microsoft Office, mm-hmm. uh, which is just kind of crazy that they could, they could sort of check up on you, which is probably how they found out. Like, how else could they find out? Uh, maybe maybe somebody called. Yeah, somebody you know, was like Psst. like a dis, a disgruntled yeah. uh, hey, thing. Hey, Adobe. <laughs> yeah, who knows. <laughs> I don't know. I see. I'm all legit now, so I feel weird. Yeah, you know. I've even, I've even, we, we, you know, we both bought this um, Audio Hijack Pro in the last week. Yep, it's pretty good. 
It's it's terrific. Yeah, now that we got great. it working. Uh, okay, you're going to be very very upset about this one. I I doubt it. <clears throat> okay, this is an article in the New York Times. Uh, oh, about, you know what? I might be on this one. Yeah, I might be on this okay, one. Okay, so they're building a giant 280,000 square foot facility in Queens, in Long Island City, which is costing $70 million to build. Right. And all it is is a warehouse for art that people are storing. Yeah. See, this is going to upset you, right? Apparently, yeah, so these are people. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so they're, so they're so they're talking. This is all like uh, for Wall Street investors and that kind of stuff. And the craziest thing about it, Jeffrey, is, look at this. Art research firm Art Tactic says that 76 percent of art buyers viewed their acquisitions as investments, compared with 53 percent in 2012. So two years later, it's went from 53 percent to 76 percent. Yeah. Right. And it said, and with more collectors viewing art as a financial investment, storage can become an artwork's permanent fate. And apparently this company is, it keeps really good records, right? So everything's barcoded and probably has RFIDs attached to it or whatever it is and goes in this warehouse. And so this is the best part. You could sell it to me and it never leaves the warehouse. It just, it just transfers yeah, like on the a the title gets, exactly. Ugh. Yeah, you're right. This sucks. <laughs> I knew you'd get upset about that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's uh, you, so the, oh, yeah, because look, it, uh, oh. Yeah. So now it's just going to sit in it's it's like that scene at the end of Raiders, yep, you know? Kind of, yeah. Where where now, where it's just stuff in a big oh, that's dumb. Okay, so towards the end of the article though, they bring up people like Henry Clay Frick and, you know, which his house with all his art became the Frick collection, uh the J Paul Getty Seaside Home in Malibu, which is now the Getty what's that one called? The that's Getty the, Villa? The Villa. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the Getty Vale. Right. So the idea was that 100 years ago, people would buy all this art, but they'd have it up on their walls. And then, you know, eventually it would end up becoming a museum or they give it to other people or whatever it is. But nowadays, with with these art prices ballooning out of control in the last decade, people just see it as I can't. Uh, th this is too dangerous to have on my wall. So I'm going to keep it in this fireproof facility in Queens where no one gets to see this beautiful Van Gogh. I mean, I, I guess I get, I can understand part of it, but it's just, it's, it's supposed to be appreciated. It's supposed to be viewed. It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's a little sad, right? Yes. Uh, it's a, it's a re actually, it's a really interesting article. Uh, if you have the chance to go do it, apparently Christie's and Sotheby's last year sold $14 billion worth of art. More than 2000 works sold for more than a million dollars in 2014. Compared to 460 such sales 10 years ago. So that's how much the, the art market is going up. Here, all of this tends to make artists uncomfortable. One prominent artist who insisted on anonymity to speak freely about the matter says that the growth of the art storage companies like Uovo. Is it Uovo? Uovo? Uovo, Uovo maybe. Uh, okay. demonstrates, quote, something about the way art is functioning, which is less about the artwork saying something or doing something and more about the artwork representing a value, end right. quote. There's also this crazy thing. You ready for this? A new tech startup called ArtRank. Ready for this? You're going to love this. 
uh, this uh, sort of Jim Cramer for fine arts. ArtRank uses an algorithm to place emerging artists into buckets, including buy now, sell now, uh, or liquidate. That's... Car- Carlos Rivera, co-founder and public face of the company, says that the algorithm, which uses online trends as well as old-fashioned network of about 40 art professionals around the world, was designed by a financial engineer who still works on it at a hedge fund. <laughs> I got nothing. It's just very, it's just like, it's just empty, you know? Shepard Ferry, sell, sell, yeah, sell. pretty much. Yeah, ugh. So, right. so don't, never mind whether the work speaks to you or not. We're, we're just going to, we're just going to, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's because the prices have gotten so high that people see it only as investment stuff? So if, if a Van Gogh painting cost a lot of money, but not an astronomical sum, if it costs a half a million dollars, right. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, do you think that people would be more likely to buy it and stick it on their wall versus buy it and stick it in a crate? Maybe. Because five hundred thousand I mean, dollars versus fifty million, like I, fifty million, that's dangerous. We got to keep that. Whatever it is, five hundred thousand, it's a beautiful thing I can put it on my wall. Right. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, I, I, I have a friend who shall remain nameless, but lies. She, she, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has two Picasso drawings in her house, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that because she loves them, yeah. she she absolutely loves them. And they're they're in a place where or they were. I mean, this was a, we haven't spoken in years, but they were in a place where she could see them every day. Yeah. Where'd she buy two Picasso drawings? Uh, I don't know. Her, oh. her mother bought them. Actually. Oh, they were inherited. Got it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting and sad. You know? Yep, it is. Uh, you want to, you want to read this next one? Cause it's pretty good <sighs> or interesting. Oh, Oh, is this, what is this? Ebony wants to sell their archive. Ebony magazine is selling their entire okay, photo so archive. Se- secured in a climate controlled archive in Chicago are 5 million images of the African American experience dating back to the forties. Wow. Yeah. Inside rare, uh, inside rest rare images of black business owners and professionals, intimate photographs of civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr., singer Billie Holiday, boxer Muhammad Ali, among other. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, now, Johnson Publishing, parent company of struggling Ebony and Jet magazines, is seeking a buyer for the archive. I wonder if uh, uh, the the federal government would be interested because they are building a new uh african-american history museum in dc on the mall i i think if uh some rich person wants to buy this archive and donate it to the new african-american museum on the mall the federal government would be very happy to take it off their hands uh i think it's interesting I, you know who's gonna buy it getty's gonna buy it for 40 million you think sure getty's huge in fact down the bottom of this article or wasn't this article somewhere else they were saying getty is like this enormous uh, you know, giant mega, th- they, they, they own like four, 76% or something of, of the stock market, some ridiculous thing like that. <clears throat> it's, wow. I mean, this kind of stuff is interesting because you have these, you have these, these editorial magazines and newspapers and stuff, right. Mm-hmm. Who for decades have been hiring people to shoot different stuff for their magazines and newspapers and all the rest of it. And they, so they have this treasure trove of, Images, right? You know, 
that's just sitting there. And when times get tough and they're looking around for assets and somebody says, you know, all those pictures of Martin Luther King are worth a lot of money. Sure. You know, it that, that they're this, this uh, priceless collection suddenly gets a price, you know? And and they're going to sell it to the highest bidder because they got to raise cash, right? Uh, I don't know. How, it's like I understand what they're thinking, but I it just it makes me sad, you know? Because I mean they 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 see it as we don't have another choice, you know? Well, and if if that is is a solution that keeps them afloat, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, apparently, uh, yeah, I like this. Uh, Johnson, the the head of the magazine, who I think is the daughter of the original head of the magazine, the guy who started it, uh, contacted Mark Lubell, executive director of the International Center of Photography in New York, to help get the collection appraised and find a buyer. Rogers would not comment on potential buyers or whether commercial or historical archives had expressed interest. Uh, they spent eighteen months organizing the images, but only have digitized 6,000 of the millions of photos and videos. Wow. That's insane. That's amazing. Yeah. Like how much stuff is just out there, you know? Right. Sitting in some warehouse somewhere, especially at places like time life, you know, like they own the Subruder film for a while, Mm -hmm. you know, like they, they, they have access to all kinds of crazy stuff. Fascinating to me. I don't know. What do you think? You're going to, you're going to put together some money and buy it. Well, if they'll take a check, uh, then, uh, <laughs> and yeah, if they take a check and I can get the images before that check bounces, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's just, uh, I, you know, I'm thinking about the history that's, that's in this archive. Yeah. And how, how incredible it would be to see you know, many of these things in one place. I, I, I hope somebody but, does donate it. Okay. But does the fact that it's going to the highest bidder, assuming for the moment that it's some commercial enterprise that buys it and not some do-gooder who gives it away or whatever, right? Well, obviously I would prefer the do-gooder that gives it away. Right. But, but doesn't it feel there's this essence? And again, I, I know they're in a corner and they have to get out, but isn't there a sense of it's like we're, 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 we're selling our history to the highest bidder. You know what I mean? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, how far away well, are we from the New York times doing the same thing? Five years, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's when it gets crazy. Uh, when there's, when there aren't any of these sort of crazy archives left. Right. You know, and that's a bit, this is back in the day, a lot of their magazines and stuff, these were all prints that they used to do the enlargements or reductions for the newspaper. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. nowadays you send them a file or whatever it is and they use it. But back in the day, it was like a print that you sent over and that's what got used in the reproductions. So it's like, these are like prints used for that. It's kind of cool. <coughs> Apparently I have a cough. You're right. Yeah. We should talk about lynda.com. Linda. Dot com. <laughs> you love doing that. Hey, it's February sh- sh- already, Jeffrey. 
It is February. So what so are you what's waiting that for? Mean? What are you waiting for? Are you going you gonna to learn some new skills or not? I am always down to learn something new. Yeah. So you got to invest in yourself this year and start learning something new at lynda.com with a free 10-day trial. lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world, has over 3,000 courses. 10-day trial. Didn't it used to be only seven? So they're giving you extra days. What was it? Was it, was it seven? Was before? it seven? Are they, I can't are remember they, now. Well, either way, it's, it's 10, day, 10 days is a good cool. amount of time. 10 days is good. Call in sick for 10 days, people, and just sit around and watch Linda all day long. Uh, they've got over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training uh, like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. All their courses are taught by experts. New courses are added every week. So whether you want to set new financial goals, you want to fi- find work-life balance. Do you need to find work-life balance, Jeffrey? I need to find some kind of balance. Yeah. Uh, if, whether you want to invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise. I always want to ask my boss for a raise. It's a very awkward conversation. And finding yeah, a new your job. Your boss is kind of a douche. Oh, God, he's such a jerk. <laughs> uh, or improve upon your current job skills in 2015. Lynda.com has something for everyone. Sign up for your free 10-day trial today by visiting lynda.com slash OTP. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash OTP. L-Y-N-D-A, L-Y-N-D-A. Finish it up. NDA and Linda, what's her name? Oh. <laughs> you're gonna if you sign up for the 10 day trial, you're gonna get unlimited access to every course on Linda.com. It's not just like, oh, you can see this small sampling. You get access to everything. You get access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhones, on on Android mobile devices. You get access to new courses that are added during the week that you're on the 10 day trial. And uh, you know, so They've got crazy courses. As we've said before, Linda recommends foundations of photography, exposure, and composition. They got the traveling photographer series with our good friend David Hobby of uh, of the Strobist. And, he travels uh, all over the place, too. He does. Yeah, uh, I bet he's got some serious mileage. Like, like yeah, mile well, points, him, and, uh, him and uh, what's his name? Uh, Nikon Speedlight. Oh, McNally. McNally. Yeah. The practicing photographer is also one of theirs, which looks really, really interesting. So go check them out. Invest in yourself today. Sign up for the free 10 day trial, lynda.com, lynda.com slash OTP. Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new in 2015. Uh, I love learning new stuff. Challenge accepted. (laughs) That was good. I like that. Uh, all right. So thank you, Linda. Um, Okay, did you see this? I put this in an article in last night because this is just crazy. <clears throat> this is the scan thing? Yeah, did you see this? Yeah, yeah, okay. go ahead. So what do you got? So, so this guy, okay, there, he goes and you know the famous statue of Moses by Michelangelo? It's in a church yes. in Rome. Okay. Yes. I have uh, not seen the full, like the actual okay. one, but I know of yeah. what you speak. I, I went by that church because I had missed it the first time I was in Rome, and I went by this last, whatever it was, a year and a half ago that, that Connie and I were over there. And we went and I looked at it, and I was like, that's beautiful. Look, it's this thing that I studied for years, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so there is a copy of it, apparently, uh, in, where is it? Sioux Falls, North, uh, South Dakota. Right. At, a, at a, Augustana College. Augustana College. Okay. And some guy who lives near there named Jerry Fisher used one of these apps for your phone called, uh, uh, it's uh, what's, what they call this stuff, photogrammetry. Mm-hmm. So basically you can use your, cam- your phone's camera to take pictures at different angles and the computer puts it together into a 3D model. 
This is Correct. like the, the new thing. Like like uh, what is it? One two three catch? Isn't that like the big one that everyone uses? Autodesk makes it. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> we were going to use that to model uh, Conrad's head to do uh, to make. We're going to make custom glasses for her. Um, <clears throat> so. He takes this and he puts it up on one of these sharing sites. I'm, I'm sorry. I have to stop you. Yeah. For, for... <laughs> what? <laughs> the glasses thing? You're going to make a model of Conrad's head. We're not going to print it out. We're going to make a 3D model of Conrad's head so my friend Sally Rumble can design glasses that fit her head perfectly. Okay. Isn't that kind of cool? Wanna, I just want to make sure I heard it correctly. That's not a good idea? I, it's a terrific idea. Yeah, I I, because she has such a hard time. Conrad has a hard time finding glasses that fit her face. Right. Right. So she always ends up getting these like little sort of, you know, small sort of uh, elfy mousy glasses, you know, because that's (laughs) what fit her face. And they look good on her. But it's like whenever we look for new glasses for we always end up kind of back at the same place because there's like one thing that fits. So Sally said that she designed his glasses anyway. So he took this, he took, he went and scanned this copy of the Michelangelo statue, Michelangelo statue, and uploaded it to one of these websites where you can right. upload this. I think stuff. it was like Thingverse. Okay, there you go. So, <laughs> so the, the, the college like sends him a letter saying that he can't do that, that he's infringing their copyright on this statue. Right. And that he has to tell everyone who downloaded it, like contact them and tell them to delete the file. Um, this is crazy. Like, first of all, yours is a copy of the original that was made 500 years ago. Like right off the bat. Right. Right. And, and pretty sure there was no copyright law 500. Right. There was no copyright law 500 years ago. So this thing was, you know, in, you know, created before copyright. And then on top of that, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's old. You have a copy in the first place and you don't own that copy because you own that statue. You know, you don't own the copyright. Uh, it's just amazing the, 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 the chutzpah. Now the problem is, is that this happens all the time, right? This is the same thing as the security guard who comes out and says, you can't take pictures in front of this building on the public street. It's like, yeah, I can, you can't, you know what I mean? Like you can't stop me from taking pictures on the sidewalk. Um, it's, it's, but the question is, how do you, how do you answer this kind of stuff when companies and the government and whoever else like, it tries to enforce rights that they don't have. Well, it, the attorney that they spoke to said that it was a bit of a knee jerk reaction, right? That they, well, they probably don't have a case. They're backtracking. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Quote representatives for the college had a vague concern that the scanning might possibly infringe on someone's copyright or trademark or something, and that somehow the college could be implicated. I'm sorry. Who is this? Who is this lawyer who uses things like copyright or trademark or something? Right, 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 right. <laughs> this, this is a high end uh, legal professional right there. <laughs> the reality is there was no copyright when the sculpture was first created, and there's certainly no copyright that covers the century old sculpture now. The Sioux Falls yeah, Moses it's itself a, is a replica. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's not even like it's this isn't the one made 500 years ago. This is like a weird copy made 100 years ago or whatever. You know, I just this kind of stuff is fascinating and is going to be a bigger thing. Now, somebody makes the point of what happens like right now I can most museums I can go in and I could, I could go to MoMA right now and take a picture of Starry Night. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't use that for uh uh commercial purposes of course 
No. But but I can take a picture of it and put it up on Flickr and other people can download it and look at that picture. Sure. Okay. So what if I go in the next room and I take a picture of a Duchamp, you know, whatever, some sculpture. Okay. But I do it with photogrammetry and put the model up on a thing for non-commercial use, you know? I don't like, know. Oh, I mean, you, you really you, like this sculpture? You can take it and print it out and hold it in your hands and turn it around and, yeah. you know, whatever. Would you have to do it under like a Creative Commons type thing where it's, it's you know, yeah, share like no commercial use, et cetera, right. et cetera? Or, do, or does this become, is this sort of, uh, um, you know, as, 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 as somebody said, I think it was in this article, you know, most museums haven't gotten around to, uh, 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 haven't gotten around to even s- photographing most of their own work. A lot of them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're just coming to terms with the fact that people take pictures with their phones of these things on the walls. And photography has been around for a hundred and something, 200 years, you know, a hundred uh, here. Years. Uh, the bigger problem and maybe deciding where to start the public domain artwork available to scan online is vast. Uh, just about everything in the British mu- museum is unambiguously in the public domain, millions right. and millions of cultural objects should be scanned. Yeah. Some museums and galleries are beginning to take the initiative. The Smithsonian has been making 3D scans of certain objects available down for download for years. And the Baltimore Museum of Art announced plans in 2014 to release a scan of Rodin's famous The Thinker uh, to the public. The, uh, see, it's, it's, it, it'll be interesting as we go forward to see how that changes, you know? Well, I and will- how does it change for product? I mean, what, what if I... Uh, reverse engineer an iPhone and release uh, a 3D printed back to yeah. the iPhone. Yeah. Well, what a lot of people say when it comes to this stuff is, okay, what if I have a washing machine from 15 years ago and some part breaks and the company doesn't make that part anymore? Is it illegal for me to model that part and 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 make a printout for, for use in my washing machine? And what if there's other people out there? Shouldn't I be able to share that? It's not available anymore. It's sort of mm-hmm. out of print. Yeah, you know? so who, who's, who's being infringed upon at that point? Yeah, like I'm being mm-hmm. infringed upon by the fact that I can't fix my washing machine, which works fine otherwise. You know? So like, ah, are we... the law. It's, it's, I just, the whole 3D, I mean, right now the 3D printing thing is still a little bit of a, you know... It's a little bit of the Wild West still. It, it is the Wild West, and it's not quite where it needs to be, and, and et cetera, et cetera, and materials and whatever. But it's going to be a big problem at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, It'll be interesting to see what happens. I just thought it was interesting that this guy was scanning art, but it was art that you know, is hundreds of years old and getting right. in trouble for it. You know, Just so wrong. Uh, uh, where are we at? We're at okay. like uh, 40, 40 minutes. Yeah, we're okay. We're good. Um you know, The Verge put up this article the other day, <clears throat> I think it might have been yesterday, about why all these online f- storage startups are dying or get acquired. And uh, basically, is, the it, art- is it because there's no money in it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, I, and, and I bring this up. I'll put the link in the show notes. So you can read it. It's not a really great article. But I, my question to you was, do you use any of these things? And if so, which and why? Uh, I use Dropbox. Right, but you don't use Flickr or Google or no, any of those nope, things to update. Nope, nope. For for legal reasons, personal reasons, just haven't thought of it. Don't need it. Um, I just don't. I don't know. I I don't f- fancy myself a photographer that needs to share a bunch of stuff. I mean, I put my dumpsters up and I put stuff up on my own site every once in a while, but 
And, and maybe that'll change. I'm still trying to figure out kind of where my yeah. direction is other than, you know, trying to have more conversations and do more shows. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where my, my work is going to be, you know, even my paintings are, they're only up on my website. You know, maybe yeah. I should put them up on Flickr or Redbubble or. Yeah. Is, is, is the argument though with that kind of stuff that it's just, so more people will see it if it's on Flickr or whatever. Potentially, but there are 50 million people on Flickr who put up X amount of pictures of a week, you know, like I, how, I, how does yours get pulled out? You know, I will tell you that based on the 2015 OTP listener survey, Flickr is not in the top three, which is interesting because five years ago it was probably the number one. Yeah. Which, which is kind of, uh, what scares me about using any of those services Mm-hmm. that you're going to invest all this time and tag stuff up there and put it into folders or whatever it is. And then one day you get an email that says such and such.com is shutting down or, you know, right, we have big right. news. Like we're being usurped by, you know, or dissolved into Google and they're disbanding this and all this stuff's getting moved over here. It's right. like, that, 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 I, that's why I tend to leave myself just on my site. Cause at least then I have control over it. Well, it, uh, just just last week, I think it was last week, uh, AOL announced that they were shutting down the unofficial Apple weblog. They're shutting down Joystick. They're shutting down like all, uh, I think, four four or five resources. That Wait, are, Joystick like, is fairly new, isn't it? Joystick's been around a while and, and unofficial Apple weblog has been around for a long time. Uh, but they said it, there's just there's no money in it. Is there what's the, what's the uh, what's the gaming one on the verge pentagram or something? There's a uh, gaming verge site. Or Vox Media or whatever the heck it is. I don't know. Okay. I know. Anyway. Is, it, is it Kotaku? It's not Kotaku. No, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but the point is, is that, yeah, it's like there's no money in it, right? Like the, somebody in here, they were saying that Picture Life, which I had never heard of. Did you ever hear of that? I've never heard of that one. Okay. Apparently, they raised $4.6 million from investors, including Betaworks and SV Angel. In its first 15 months, the company attracted 200,000 subscribers. <coughs> By this fall, Westheimer went out to raise a new round of funding and met unrelenting skepticism. Uh, you know, on one hand, they would say this space is so crowded, these giants are going to kill you. But every entrepreneur hears that. It's weird. Two sentences later, they'll say uh, they'll then use those same companies they were supposed to crush us as examples of how hard it was to succeed in the space because even they weren't successful. You know, because I mean, a lot of these things use Amazon as their storage. You know, Isn't so this kind of indicative of just business at large, though? Not just not just photo companies, but yeah, I guess the thing with photo go ahead. bought up right and left. They are getting bought up right and left, and I think services like this, which are essentially uh, just uh, containers, they're 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 middlemen between you and say Amazon storage or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what is that? AWS is that the storage right, one? Right, 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 right. Um, they said last year, Picture Life, which is this small company, spent gave a million dollars to Amazon for storage. You know, mm. but that's got to be much cheaper than running your own servers and having to deal with the yeah. upkeep of all that and all the rest of it. You know? I would imagine it is because Amazon storage is ridiculously inexpensive. Yeah. Their yeah. throughput is is really really low. Um, you know, their cost per terabyte is very very low. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I, I, I'd be interested to see, I guess, I guess you're the, uh, the OTP questionnaire is going to answer this, but anybody out there actually use these things? A friend of mine, my friend Rob wrote me recently asking like, you know, do you use smug mug? Do you use this? Do you use that? And I was like, I don't use any of You want to know what number one is according to the the, the listeners of the show? Facebook. Facebook. 
Yeah. Which is kind of weird because I definitely, I mean, I share pictures on Facebook, like of stupid things. Like if I'm, you know, me and Conrad are out somewhere and take a picture or I see something silly, I'll put it up on Facebook, but I don't put any like my serious quote unquote stuff up on Facebook. Cause I don't like, I don't trust the but, terms of service. Okay. But you, you are not, They're you and people market. like you No, yep. well, you're not even you and people like you are not who's listening to this show. Yeah, I know. True. Yeah. So they're, they're different use. Yeah, different I guess use. so. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, where do you share images? Go take the survey. Let me know. Yeah. Cause we'll I put I, it in the show notes. Check the I show notes. Know. It'll, it'll be the first thing in the show notes. Uh, so there's a big rumor, Jeffrey. I heard this. The Canon is doing a, a, a 50 megapixel camera. Yeah, 50 megapixel EF mount, new 5DS is the rumor. What do you nah. think? Don't care. Yeah, don't care? No. Don't care because it's irrelevant to what you need. I think it's irrelevant to what 99.9% of people that own a camera need. True. Yeah. Yeah, but could be just the right camera for certain people, right? Sure. Like sure. somebody was saying like, oh, you know, but let's let's say no wedding shooters ever going to dollars. Let's say it uh, apparently $10, Ken Rockwell says it's going to cost thirty seven hundred. And really? yeah, ready for this thirty seven hundred dollars says Ken Rockwell. If you want the the uh, the AA filter removed, five hundred dollars extra. So okay, so it's going to cost you four thousand dollars. Say four it's, grand. It's, it's five hundred dollars more than the current five D three. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive if that's the case in terms of price. You I mean still that, think it's that the price is low for what you're getting is what you're saying. Yeah. Based on what the previous model cost. Yeah. Yeah. You mean, you mean like that, that's not bad. They're, they're, you know, giving you twice the pixels and only charging you $500 more. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, here's I, mean, the I, thing. I don't know the specs of like cross point type focus points and all that it's kind got, of stuff. Versus, yeah. Supposedly it's got lots of, you know, 61 point focus, blah, 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 dual processors. It the ISO only goes up to 6,400. And some people say that's because of some new color thing that they're doing, which gives you more accurate color, but like reduces sensitivity or something like that. Uh, which is fine. 6,400 is fine. Look, I mean, it's again, it's probably going to be cool and people are going to buy it, but yeah, I'd still, I still dig my Fuji stuff. And, and yeah. if I buy a new camera, I, it'll probably be the X-T1 and the new weather sealed 16 to 55. Yeah. I will tell you that from my point of view, this is in some ways my ideal camera. But you, you still know? won't buy it. I might buy or it. Or you'll buy it and return it because it doesn't no. feel fast enough. No, 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 no. This, this, <laughs> this, this camera will be my camera with a higher res sensor. That's mm-hmm. essentially what this camera is which is pretty awesome. Um, so let's say it comes out for four grand. Yeah. You're you going to buy it? Uh, yeah. Come if on, I have tell the money the at the time it comes tell out. Tell the listeners. Yeah. If I have the money when the time comes, I will buy it. Sell All mine right. for two grand. Put in but two yours, grand. Yours get this one. Lemon. Come on now. You could sell it for a grand. Yeah, but only people on the show know that. Off. I'll sell it on eBay for two grand. Thumbsticks. Screen doesn't work right. Yeah, I know. Well, those yeah, are all you, fixed. You got like the Edsel of cameras. I got to I got to send. I'm going to send it and all of my lenses in, I think, next week to, to get cleaned. Um, but, it, but 
you know what it is? It's it's like there are the right cameras for the right people, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Millie, for example, uses a little Fuji 100s or whatever. X100s, yep, right. And um, and does, I mean, it does amazing stuff. Right. It's, it's it's all about vision, man. Well, no, no, no. It's absolutely, of course, it's about vision. But I'm just saying that there are the cameras that are going to give you the tools you need to do what you want. For yes. a street shooter, you want a little Fuji thing that's got a fixed lens that you could set a hyperfocal. Like that's all makes perfect sense. Sure. Um, do, do I need 50 megapixels for magazine stuff? No, but it does give you options for cropping. It does, you know what I mean? That sure, kind of stuff. Sure. And if you want to do artwork and you want to print it at 60 by 40 to sell to rich people, well, I would love to have that many pixels, right. you know? Um, I, I so, would love something that's, that's got some weather sealing. Is that the X pro as, as lovely as it is. The not weather sealed? No, no, no. I'm just kind of surprised by that. No. And only a very few of the lenses are. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the eighteen fifty five is, or uh, I'm sorry, sixteen to fifty five that's coming out. That's weather sealed. There is, I believe, an eighteen to one thirty five that's weather sealed. Uh, but the the vast majority of Fuji lenses are not weather sealed. Yeah, I you know, most of the time I don't even really think about weather sealing because you know I'm not out in the rain. Like I think all of mine are all the main ones I use, but I don't really think about it much because I'm not in places where that's an actual, that's an issue most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, except that one time I got stuck in a sandstorm in death Valley and my 2818 got completely gunked up with sand. Like, Ugh. and you look at it and you go, how the hell did it get in there? Right. But sand blowing around in the air, like just finds a way. It's like, it finds yeah. a way. And, and it's there, there's, there's sand finer than what you're seeing. And that's what's in there. Yeah. And you, you know, you're, it's fine for the first few days. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. I had to get that thing cleaned. Anyway, I'm, I'm, if, if this is true, I'm kind of excited. Although one of the rumors is that it only has 1080p video at 30 frames a second, like a camera that powerful with that high res of a sensor and you can't put 4k video in. Yeah, it's uh, and 4K seems to be you know oh, and, where everything's and, going. Yeah, and and it doesn't have Wi-Fi built in or something. Hmm. You know, you'd think just like that would make sense, but what do I know? Hey, by the way, it's got a medium raw function, so you could get a 28 megapixel medium raw out of it. That's pretty cool. What's a medium and- raw? So it, like in Canon cameras, there's, there has been for years, a small raw file. So okay. it'll give you a six megapixel raw file f- right f- from the camera. Huh? So it's only six megapixels, but it's still raw data. So oh, if you, okay. if you only need, you know, small files or whatever it is, but you still want raw, you could use this S raw function. Apparently this camera has an S raw at 12 megapixels and an M raw medium raw, I'm assuming at 28 megapixels, which is kind of cool. Hmm. So I don't need 50 for this job. I'd shoot at M raw and I'm sure it actually bins the pixels. So you actually end up getting better image quality anyway, you know, by sort of tightening things down. Anyway, it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm still holding out for Fuji. I'm still holding out for uh, uh, potentially an X-Pro2 this quarter. Yeah, especially if they do a 24-megapixel version of that sensor. That's just beautiful. That would be nice. I'd buy that. Ugh. What? I'm not even going to talk to you about it. You got, no, you got no love for Fuji. What are you talking about? I love those cameras. You They're return not right them all. for me. You, yeah, you return I had one of them. 
and I returned it after I got back, or I actually sold it when I got back from Italy. Great camera. It is a great camera. Uh, uh, okay. What else you got? Uh, I don't know. You got anything else? We should, we should talk about Squarespace. Squarespace. You want to yeah. sing a song about Squarespace? No, because... Okay, wait. Here it is. Here it is. Ready? Okay. Did you watch the Super Bowl? You watched the Super Bowl, right? I so did. You got... You got <laughs> right? That's yeah. Jeff Bridges in the Squarespace commercial. You uh, uh, d- d- Did you download the Jeff Bridges stuff? No. Okay. I wanted to, I want to know what you thought of it. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to download it for next week. Yeah. So, yeah, so Jeff Bridges it? did this. It's, uh, it's like sleeping, sleeping with Jeff, sleeping with Jeff, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. We'll, we'll find the link and put it in the show. Yeah. Notes. I love Jeff Bridges. Uh, he's pretty cool. Yeah. He is. He's somebody that I would definitely dig sitting around and, and having a conversation with, uh, and his, we'll his band. Yeah. Jeff Bridges and the abiders. Oh God! Uh-huh. There's a movie that I've never quite understood. I'm sorry, dreaming with Jeff, not sleeping with Jeff. Dreaming with Jeff. <laughs> yeah, sleeping with Jeff would be an entirely different book. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So yeah. they had they had they had yeah two big uh, Super Bowl ads I think right two, yeah One big two. ones and so, uh, Jeff Bridges on there made a thing made a Squarespace website where you can go download his record which apparently helps you fall asleep. I am it, looking at it right now. It is dreamingwithjeff.com and it is a uh, it's got a lovely parallax Squarespace. Yeah template and of course uh he could do this because squarespace is simple powerful and beautiful jeffrey it is it's the easiest even, way to create a get beautiful it on website cassette. come on now can you really yeah twenty dollars for a cassette uh squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website blog or online store for you and your ideas especially if you're a very successful actor who wants to record a sleeping tape and musician yeah oh he's a musician and, and a photographer yeah, he uses a wide lux. Yeah, it's it's good to be the king. Or the dude. It's good to be the dude. That's right. <laughs> uh, they've got 24-7 support via live chat and email, which is great. Uh, and they've got uh, only, it starts at only $8 a month, Jeffrey. And you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. Yep. It's fantastic. Responsive design, so your website scales looks great on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer. I'm looking at my super- website right now, and it looks awesome. Uh, it's nice. Uh, they've got <laughs> e-commerce built into every website. So you get, you get a free online store right? and this, this new cover pages feature, which I was thinking of using. That's pretty cool. So you could put up sort of, uh, it's, it's sort of going back to 1998 all over again, Jeffrey. Right. Like, like the, up a the splash page. Yeah. A splash page. Yep. Yeah. Uh, cover, cover, cover page, which is great. You set up a one page online presence in minutes. So, you know, if all you're trying to do is get people to, you know, donate to your cause or get directions to your wedding, you can have that all on one page. You don't need to have that broken up 12 different pages, right? You get a beautiful, uh, full bleed image in the background that you could buy straight from, from, uh, Getty, right? Our, uh, our friends at Getty. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy stuff. So you're going to go start a trial with no credit card required, and you will start building your website today. Not tomorrow, Jeffrey. Today. And when you decide to sign up you for Squarespace- You can have a website done before we finish the show. If you went right now and started- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have your website done and up before the end of the show. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Uh, and, and you can start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code OTP- and you will get 10% off your first purchase to show your support for our show, the On Taking Pictures program. 
So the thank on you. taking pictures program. So thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting five by five. Thank you, Squarespace. Squarespace, build it beautiful. That's their new tagline. What do you think? I like that. Build it beautiful. Yeah. Build it beautiful. Now, so is it's got it, the alliteration. Am I beautiful? Uh, no. I, like, I, I is it is it build it comma beautiful like like no no because because yeah. Apparently they didn't know they I'm were not. talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just, let's be reasonable. Uh, so I've got a face for radio. I know that's this. What they, that's what I they know say. <laughs> Thank I'm you very okay much. With Squarespace. Uh, all right. So how do people do on through the window? Well, you through know, if, the if, if you would ever go look, you would know. I go, I was asking you, you rhetorically. You, what are you talking so, about? I even put one up for this one. That's why you go. Come oh. on now. Uh, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know what? This was a terrific assignment. Uh, and a I lot like of Dan Farley's people. one through the front of the car. Uh, I like that one. I like uh, David. I'm going to butcher your name, David. Uh, Tejera. Okay. Because the X is the I'm X. I'm going to leave that one on you. With an H. Right. David, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and let me know if I'm right. Either way. Actually, call us, David, if you want to. Uh, you can... You can Call us at 347-687-9411. Tell but, us how to uh, pronounce your name. Yeah, tell us how to pronounce your name. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy Bryant, good stuff. Anton, Monica Goman, the one yeah. with it kind of looks a little uh, double exposure reflection uh, thing going on. Jason, Mike Waller. Uh, hey, we're going we're gonna to start doing a new thing. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, we want to we start maybe picking an image or two uh, and, and talking about what we like about it. Okay. You know, so if you're if you're into that, I don't know. Should we do us? Should we should we do it for images in the crit wall section or just pick some? I think we should just pick something because people are going to forget. I think the crit wall is good. I think because like people. Yeah, because then people decide whether or not we tear apart their. So, OK, so if if you want to tear apart their photo in front of thousands of people, we're not going to tear it apart. I'm not going <laughs> to tear it apart. Uh, if If you would like us to talk about an image on the show and, and talk about what works, what doesn't work, what we like about it, what we don't like about it. Uh, probably going to be more what we like about it. Stick it in uh, the crit wall. Stick it in. Yeah. Use, use the, the crit wall section and, uh, and, and we'll talk about, it. uh, Martin, Martin Rotz yeah. last Saturday in Amsterdam. I, I dig the motion blur, Martin. I think it's cool. I like it a lot. Um, I think you could go even further with it. Um, yeah, through a window is good. Lance Harshberger. That's a good one too. See people doing their thing. Yeah. A little noisy. Looks like maybe an iPhone shot, but but I like what's going on. Uh, We're gonna look back and 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 it, that's. I do be like it. your snow shot, by the way. That that, that oh, mine. Yeah. What's yeah. the what's the, the the blurry dark line down the center? What do you got going on there? That's the frame on my window, like the middle between oh, the panes. Oh, okay. The little mullion. Okay. So I'm using that to split up the building and the trees. That's nice. Looks like a, a diptych that you did there, but it's in yep. camera. Could you go? That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, good stuff. I, I yeah, I think these are all uh, pretty great. You know, someday Jeffrey, we're going to look back, and it's going to be a filter uh, record to 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 get the terrible iPhone noise on your image, guaranteed. How much you want to bet? Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what are we doing for next week then? If these so are so th- good, this, this next one. Oh, Peter Evans, that pacer shot is cool. I see. I don't know. I'll see. Scroll down. It's a red I oh, I see. AMC yep, yep. paster. Yeah. 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 Those cars are so ugly. They're almost cool looking. 
Yeah, they're like little bubbles. Yep. Isn't that uh, okay. isn't that what he drove in uh, Wayne's World? I believe so. Yep. There you go. I believe so. Look at Bringing you. Bringing it back around. With the pop reference. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this week, shoot whatever you want. Okay? Shoot whatever okay. you want. But we're going to change up the format. This week, we're going square. Okay. So squares are related to the format, not necessarily something well, in the be. picture. Ooh, it could be. You That's could what I'm saying. Squares, well, you were but, tightening it up for, for no apparent reason. But I, I like the idea of, of a square format because it makes okay. you think differently. Okay. So if you want to shoot squares, go ahead, but make sure the photo's square. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been hitting the square lately. So one-to-one. Okay. If you want to shoot with your Roly or Hasselblad, you can do that too. Yep. Oh, please do. Yeah, yeah. please do. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, right. You ready what do you got for, for photography? For the week? What, do you, what have you got? So I was doing research on somebody else. Who the hell was I doing research on? It wasn't Avedon. With somebody else, and they said this guy had the most Harper's Bazaar covers after Luis Dahl Wolf. And I was like, I've never heard of Luis Dahl Wolf. Have you? Mm-mm. Harper's Bazaar. I thought uh, Halsman had the most, or maybe he had the most life. Yeah, I, I don't know. So you go look at this woman's. The best way to look at it is go to that Google link at the bottom there, Jeffrey, because then it'll right, just pull up. Right, this is the Columbia just, College. Uh, no, actually, go to the next page. There's a Google uh, Images link, uh, which just shows you a bunch of her work just so you have a, a good sense of it. So she did color, and she did black and white, and it's all this crazy, beautiful fashion stuff with uh, sort of hard hot lights. You know what wow. I mean? Beautiful, right? Like very sort of Cecil Beaton, sort wow. of between yeah, Cecil Beaton between Cecil Beaton and before Avedon, it's sort of why like, why have we never the, heard of this? This is what I'm saying. And there's that beautiful woman that it's, I think it's called nude on sand where it's, uh, it's, if you look around, you'll find it. It's this woman laying sort of diagonally on the frame. Cause she's like laying on a sand dune with the, uh, rest of the sand dune uh, curving uh, hand up, up on her. her, on her head. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Wow. Uh, and then there's gorgeous stuff. And then if uh, like somewhere in the first row or so, there's that shot of the woman in this beautiful dress looking into a mirror and oh, it yeah. looks like, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I think her color work is amazing. Like all of the, if, if you scroll down, like all these strange Harper's covers mm-hmm. where it's just got these like very stately women, very oh, this is formed. beautiful work. Yeah, I, I I'd never heard of her, and Why, I don't know is there how. A book I, of her? Why is there no book of her? This is what I'm talking about. She's and she's not in the women photographers book. <laughs> she's not from Pre- no from Presto. I don't I don't think so. Okay, yeah. So apparently, you know she, what? I'll look, but I don't she, think she, so. She uh, born in ni- 1895, died in 1989. So she was 94 years old when she died. Known primarily for her work in Harper's, uh, and. She, yeah, immigrant family. She went to Columbia. She married a sculptor. And then she started she married a sculpture. A sculptor. Uh, Meyer <laughs> Wolf. You know this person? Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, and uh, so she's known, for, she, she's known for her fashion photography, but she actually preferred portraits to fashion. So she shot Mae West and Cecil Beaton and blah, 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 blah. Apparently, she is known for discovering Lauren Bacall. Yeah, no, she, she's not in this book. Wow. Good find, Wadman. Right? Something different. Uh, amazing, amazing work. Although, here's what's interesting here is that it says uh, 
that in 1950, she was selected for uh, America's Outstanding Woman Photographers in the September issue of Photo Magazine, F-O-T-O Magazine. From 1958 until her retirement in 1960, she worked as a freelance photographer for Vogue, Sports Illustrated, and others. So she retired in 1960, but didn't die. She retired in her 60s and then stopped working. I mean, I'm sure she may have worked for herself, but like she stopped working professionally, which wow. is odd because most most photographers who are this kind of level, they just keep working, you know, unless right, there's right. some reason to stop them. Uh, Here, and apparently there's Send there's a you. you're sending me a link. There's a documentary about her called where did I just see it? Louise Dahl Wolf uh, painting with light. I have been unable. I know through the through the paper. Yeah. Uh, I have been unable to find a copy of this documentary. So if anybody can find this documentary and let us know where we can see it, I would love to see it. Uh, even the director's website or whatever, the producer's website uh, is, is like is dead page for, for a page to this. Yeah, to 1999. Yeah. Apparently it's about a half an hour long, has all archival footage of her talking about herself. Lauren Bacall's the narrator. Supposed to be really so great. Who, who public? Who uh, produced it? Uh, I forget the guy's name. There's this really great photo. It, if you look at, if you go click Thomas on, Neff. go look on the upper left hand corner of that Google Images page, and yep. go to <laughs> Google. Just woke up because I said the G word, uh, and you can see the self portraits. And there's this great shot of her coming out of her clothes in the closet with a rolly around her neck as like an old lady. Oh yeah, yeah, How yeah. Kind that? of a leopard print dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but that's then terrific. Go to, but then look at the next picture where she's like a young buck, you know, with a like a, a white Oxford shirt on and a smoking a cigarette. Wow. You know? So this woman like was around, right? Wow. Oh, a beautiful shot of Lauren McCall. Yeah. So wonderful work, uh, Louise Dahl Wolf, uh, which I I had no idea. Great find. And I'm sure somebody out there is saying, how could you not know who that is? And I will say, because I'm an idiot. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. Apparently no. there's there's a retrospective book of her work. Oh, yeah, here uh, on Amazon. How much is it? 176 pages for 1482. Sold. Three stars, though. Why only three stars? Good, good pre- it's three stars, but the review says, good presentation of her photography. What? So what exactly is the problem? Two essays, which kind of overlap. Printing quality was okay. A lot of the color photographs were scanned from the printing plates or more likely magazines because they had a visible dot pattern. Well, it's probably the only place they had them. You know, apparently her archives are down in Tucson, uh, which would be interesting. Anyway, Wait, good where stuff, do you right? find that? Uh, I, in their Wikipedia entry, I think they she says that it says that yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, Dahl's work is the full archive of her work is located at the Center for Creative Photography, at University of Arizona, Tucson, which also manages the copyright of her work. This is probably a good one for Faded and Blurred. Let's, yeah. Where, wait, where is that on the wiki? It's on the wiki. Yep. Uh, it's in okay. The career I will reach out para. to them. Yeah. Anyway, good one. Wait, background distribution. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing that, but. On the Wikipedia page? It's in oh, career. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at her. Fourth paragraph in career. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so go check it out. And uh, What and a great find. Good job. Thanks. Well done, you. Yep. 
You got anything else to add, or are people just supposed to get a hold of us by calling what? Uh, they can call uh, if if you can get through. Now you know. <laughs> Tom from Michigan may if you be, know where to find us. Yeah, and you Tom, need help. Tom may be maybe maybe on there calling, so you may have to wait until until he's done. Oh, I love uh, Tom's, but keep him coming, Tom. In fact, it's been a while, so check in. Let us know what you're doing. I think it was last week he he called us and left yeah. two messages. Yeah, three four seven six eight seven ninety four eleven podcast at ontakingpictures dot com. Uh, Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet Jeffrey Sidoris. Um, yeah. Uh, and and uh, if you haven't listened to, I'm going to do a shameless plug. If you haven't listened to the Craft and Vision podcast, go check that out. Uh, I got a chance to sit down with a lovely woman named Valda Bailey, UK photographer whose work, uh, she does like in-camera multiple exposures on the 5D3, which yeah. has different blend modes instead yeah, of yeah, just yeah. lapping. I, th- uh, I think it does. Now, when you do that, I think I've played with it. I was wondering if it does raw or if it's, it can't be raw if it's doing... So you get a JPEG out of camera. I'm not sure. That's that's yeah, something I, I do not I have played with it before, and uh, and I can't remember exactly. Really what. interesting results, though, because instead oh, yeah, of just blending cool. the images, it's creating you know like, like Photoshop blend modes. It's creating new shapes or hiding detail or enhancing detail in other parts of the image. So it, it was interesting. It was really interesting to 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 hear how how she worked through it and and kind of where she's going with it. <sighs> yeah, I will go take a listen. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, have a, have a great week, everyone. And thank you for listening. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, tell your friends about us. Yeah, we can do that. You can do that. All your friends know about you already. All right. Shoot. I'll go, (laughs) I'll go find some new friends. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. All right. Have a good week. the way